Hello, welcome to the Car Stories Podcast, brought to you by the Peterson Automotive Museum. My name is Kyle Hyatt. With me, as always, well, not always, but most of the time, <laughs> James McKeon. There he is. He's, it's better than Bruce Brown at the beginning of uh, uh, On Any Sunday. It's just that, 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 that syrupy accent just, just washes over you. It's wonderful. <laughs> I try. It's true. It's good stuff. Good stuff. We are here today with Brian Thompson. Brian uh, is a designer. He designed uh, some automobiles, uh, some recreational vehicles, and a variety of other things. He worked for Nissan. He's done work for Airstream. He's been on TV as well. On the television. (laughs) So he's a bona fide celebrity. People come up the streets asking for his autograph. That's right. He may be be television famous, but we're podcast famous. I know. We're on the bleeding edge of, uh, yeah. But he's got a studio. It's called Brian Thompson Design which uh, is really convenient because you can remember it. <laughs> um, but we're psyched to have you here. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. I'm proud to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we ran into you initially um, when we were busy harassing Camilo Pardo at the uh, sketch battle uh, that took place at the museum right after the LA Auto Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was many, many months ago. So we apologize for the delay. We're glad to have you on now. That's because he was a busy man. He's a busy guy. <laughs> Delighted to be here, really. Yeah. This is lovely. So uh, I guess getting, getting started with things, how did you get into cars? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, there was, I think you're born a car designer. Um, you know, in the 70s, 80s, you didn't have the internet, so there was really no way to, if you're born like, you know, redneck Arizona like I was, there was no really way to research it or Google it. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> short version, I dropped out of college. Yeah. Um, I was at Arizona State studying architecture. Did not want to do that. Uh, they didn't have any wheels on buildings. And um, Turns out. Turns out. <laughs> um, and uh, my guidance counselor, I went to see him. He told me car design was a pipe dream. Let it go. Every, you know, it's on everybody goes through that. And um, so I, I was really upset by that. So I did. I dropped out of college. I moved to France. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in a camping trailer. Uh, in Montpellier in the south of France. I met a guy in a bar who had a trailer uh, and he was a mechanic. He mm-hmm. said if I, I could fix brakes, I could live in the trailer. And I proceeded, and I did that. And I proceeded to go to all the car studios in Europe. Uh, I would sneak on trains and then show up at the door and literally knock on the door of the studios. <laughs> no one saw me, of course, uh, a scrappy little kid, but um, Peter Davis, design director at the time at Fiat in Turin, Italy, did see me. Oh, wow. Also because I didn't leave the lobby until he would. Um, and he, That's a lesson <laughs> I think that everyone needs to learn. If you want to see someone, just hang around in the lobby long enough and yeah. you'll get to see them. Yeah. Or you will be physically removed from the building and possibly pepper sprayed. Well, yeah. there's that too. But, but it's a roll of the dice either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either, one, either one of those, it's going to be a win-win scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he spent the day with me. Uh, I mean, I, I'm very grateful to him for my career. He told me the thing that I was looking to hear, how do you become a car designer? Sure. He told me about Art Center and told me about CCS in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's, he, he said, point blank, you're, 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 I had all these drawings with me. Well, yeah. He was like, you're, you're green, but you have talent and you can do this. It's a real job. And it was really nice. It was amazing to hear that because all my life I had heard that's like wanting to go to Hollywood and become, you know, uh, uh, an actor. Sure. It was like this unattainable sure. thing. But I, I remember thinking there are cars everywhere. Somebody designs them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it's so it's so almost hard to imagine today because you, today you just Google. Yeah. How do I become a car designer? No, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you just couldn't do that then. So anyway, I'm very great. Always been very grateful to Peter for that. Right on. Yeah. And, and I mean, so which you ended up going to uh, which school? I mean, so I went to both actually. Oh. I started at Art Center in Switzerland. Uh, Aha! You are a second Art Center Switzerland alumnus. 
Is that right? That's you true. Are. Yeah. We uh, had Heinrich Fisker on, and he, oh. he went to the very first class. He was part of the very first class to do uh, Art Center Switzerland. Bookends, because I was the very last. Um, I got there, and it closed my first semester. <laughs> Were you the reason for that? Probably right? so. Is that, the, is that, that what you're trying to tell yeah, us? That between the I, lines? Yes, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I was so such a dirty, poor kid that I just couldn't be contained. You, the party animal, and yes. you were like doing these raucous race car-like designs, and they were, could not fathom it. It was blowing uh, their minds. Actually, we've probably got, would have been we've the got other time for I... chocolate. We've got time for watches. Yeah. We don't have time for you, buddy. Out. Yes. Out. Yes. And we're closing this, the whole school down with you. None of this <laughs> car design ramp that you're doing here. We yeah. don't want that kind of car design from our school. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it would have been the opposite. I was I was so into economy cars that mm-hmm. I wanted to draw economy cars. But um, yeah, that's uh, they closed. So I went to CCS in Detroit, and that's right where I, uh, I went four years there, graduated, and then went straight to uh, Nissan uh, right out of college. Uh, and, that's uh, uh, that's pretty good. I mean, landing landing <clears throat> a job like right after college. Well, again, for I, anybody that's hard. I you know I, I, I would imagine for a design person like somebody that's in design that makes it even more challenging. Yeah, I, f- I think I'm a lot more relaxed today than I was then. I was really. Uh, like laser focused. I remember having an internship in Austria uh, my senior year mm-hmm. and writing a letter to Jerry Hirschberg, who at the time was, who had founded Nissan Design, sure. and saying, you know, I want to do a Datsun for my senior thesis. And like, and, and he'd never gotten a letter like that. And also mm-hmm. Nissan, you have to remember at the time was almost going bankrupt. Yeah, right. They mm-hmm. were just been purchased by Renault. And in my mind, that was like such an opportunity. You have Japanese quality in engineering with French design at the mm-hmm. helm. And I just knew that was going to win. I just I couldn't imagine it not winning. I remember there were political cartoons about, you know, the French that wanting to return this oversized <laughs> sumo wrestler kind of thing because they, you know, is the way French love to draw very racist things. Well, sure. Um, you know, and I just knew it was great. And Jerry wrote back and he flew me out. And um, I had the job by the end of the interview. And awesome. we just, uh, we really clicked. And I was, again, you know, in life you get these little gifts. Mm-hmm. And that was a I didn't know at the time, but that was going to set me up for my freelance career. Oh, wow. Uh, a decade at Nissan. And, um, because Nissan encouraged its designers at the time. I don't know if they do this now, but they encouraged the designers to have their own clients. Oh, that's interesting. Because Jerry's philosophy was that if your designers are designing other things, that will make for more creative cars. Sure, that makes sense. That makes a lot of so sense, it, actually. It, yeah. it actually really does. And it's surprising that they don't do that in more car companies. And um you know, long story short, I got a taste of that over a decade, and I just at some point it's like, oh, this is so much more fun than than sketching Altimas. <laughs> I'm oh, sure. gonna go on my own, you know. So that's yeah. how I finally left. But yeah. So one of the things I think is interesting about Nissan as a company, especially as they relate to like concepts and stuff, is that they've developed this reputation now for building mostly really boring cars. I mean, the GTR is an exception. You know, it, it kind of is an exception to all rules, but then they keep coming out with these concepts that people love. Mm-hmm. Like um, the the best example is the um, the Datsun five ten. Looking at the ID IDX, mm-hmm. yeah, Beautiful. that thing that everybody lost collectively lost their minds, and they're like, you know, what if this was just a rear wheel drive, two hundred horsepower, and it weighed three thousand pounds? Like it would, you know. But then Nissan's like, oh, we'll totally build it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, I have such a love of that company because it personally had such an effect on me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't actually ever see it as a, I, I think maybe because I was very laser focused on the quirky cars that Nissan did all through sure. my childhood, like the Datsun B210 or oh, yeah. Nissan Pulsar NX with a modular back end. I know that around the world, they definitely have had that reputation of, you know, the Bluebirds and stuff being very uh, constrained and conservative. But Nissan's also a company that will try something like that. And sometimes they'll build it, sometimes they won't. If you think- Kyle's just not a fan of the Figaro. Figaro and the Escargo. I like the okay. The I like the Figaro. I like the Pow. Yeah, those are great. I'm I'm talking about like the 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 Nissan fleet 
maybe the last 10, 15 years. You the, love that juke. You know, you Ultima, know you Maxima. Getting inside that juke. Boy, the pushing the, the button that changes the, 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 the dash <laughs> things to a completely different set of functions that... Yeah. And it sounds weird. No, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Juke is a, I, I worked on the early, early pro, uh, phase of Juke. Is a, the, they have a phase in design called exploratory design. Okay, sure. That's where you're establishing the proportion. And I, I, I really loved that project because the proportion of Juke is really nice. Um, I take no claim to the styling of Juke for the final version. <laughs> I, you know, it's a, it's a lovely design. It's just not mine. Sure. But the, ver, the original design that I, I did in Japan, I, I, I quite liked because it was just a very quiet uh design proportion statement sure. and it went in a much more emotional direction for production but again I love that Nissan will try those things you mm -hmm. know the body colored center console on that thing is something that a lot of car companies uh, explore but then they won't put it into production sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. and I do think that a lot of what was kind of beautiful about that period let's say from 1999 to 2009 mm -hmm. uh, was with having the, the French sort of at the helm for design uh, meaning they brought in all new talent I mean, a bunch, not all, but a bunch of new talent. Mm -hmm. You had all of this, um, you sort of had this new group of people that their task was to write the ship, if you will. Okay. And we were so young and naive, we didn't really know we were doing that. We just were like, oh, we're out of school and we're not doing door handles, we're doing full-on cars. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these great cars. I think that those cars were really, really well done, like the first Armada Pathfinder of that time. And Altima was very good. Sure. Um, uh, you know, those, the, and so, you know, there's a, there's a real beauty to those cars of that time. I, I'm not there now, so I don't really know what what their philosophy is. But mm -hmm. it it seems like it goes in waves. Where um, Toyota is always to, nobody does Toyota better than Toyota. Yeah, right. They're always number one, so they won that game. Nissan's always kind of number two, and when Nissan focuses on design, they win. When they try to be like Toyota, they don't. Yeah, and they and because nobody does it better. And so that's that's my you know having been there for a decade, almost a decade ago now, kind of two cents. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. And I love that, you know, again, it allowed me, allowed me to um, sort of establish a client base uh, after a decade and sort of learning your craft and going out on my own, mm -hmm. I think. And I mean, as we said, you, you, you know, once you kind of went off on your own and stuff, you did some work for companies like Airstream. Um, what are some of the other clients you, you, you've, you've worked with kind of uh, you know, as, as your own firm? Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, I, so Airstream is sort of like a family relationship. Started that uh, the first day I was at Nissan. Oh, wow. Um, I, I wrote, again, wrote a letter to the president of Airstream. Uh, did not get a response until two years later, the new president came in, mm -hmm. found my letter in his predecessor's desk. Oh, weird. Yeah, still sitting there. <laughs> called me up and said... Um, was it open at the time? Okay. It was opened, okay, but it just had never. They, the previous president would have known what to do with it. I had basically written a letter as a young designer saying, "I want to do an airstream as a, you know, as a, I want to do a new airstream." Mm -hmm. And you just that new airstream. What, what the, the, we just make what we make. How yeah. could you do that? They, <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, they did write back. Uh, that's uh, we ended up doing a project in collaboration with Nissan and Airstream, and that kicked off my relationship with Airstream that I continue to this day. Um, as I sort of that sort of was the bridge to becoming freelancer. So mm -hmm. I continue with Airstream, but. You you know, in, in, as a freelancer, I, you know, I've done everything from, I've worked on Katy Perry videos to projects with Subaru to uh, Mack truck and Volvo. Um, oh, wow. I try to balance it between automotive and totally random, you know, sure. a car commercial or like I said, a music video if I'll do some sketches for a, a you know, like a throne or something. Mm -hmm. Very, uh, it just, the, the beauty of being freelance, I think, is that you sort of take that idea that. I was raised with in design, if you will, raised as a young designer. And it's just, that's all it is now. It's just mm -hmm. the variety of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it's fun. I mean, there are times when I'm like, 
I, I forget like, oh, am I still a car designer? Because I'm doing all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden this car project will come back and it takes over my whole life. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, I forgot. <laughs> that is what I do for a living. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, so as a designer, and what are some of your, your favorite uh, uh, cars um, that are out currently, like your new, newer vehicles? Sure. Because the design has been changing, it seems like really rapidly over the last you know, few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, well, I tend to like very, it's funny. I, I tend to draw very robust masculine trucks and things. I don't know mm -hmm. why that's what comes out, but what I love to own are very like tiptoe through the daisies, delicate little happy cars. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think design in general is going towards a more optimistic space. Um, so my personal modern car is a Fiat 500 Abarth sure. that I, um, I deconstructed it. I, I tore it apart. It was a black car and it was very angry. And I, had it. I bought it brand new and tore it apart and had uh, attuned my own color palette for it. So it's it's currently baby blue pastel with a white plaid interior. Oh, right. Nice. Everything is white. Yep. And what I did that is because again, it's all about the light. Mm -hmm. You know, this car and the, and what I love about that car is that you turn it on and it's like blah 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 blah. And it's, yeah. And it's it's, it's, it's like a, it is yeah, and it's just loud and it's obnoxious. But then you look at it and it's kind of like grandma's car. You know, mm -hmm. it's like really happy. Um, so that my daily driver is that little Fiat, and yeah. I love that. Um, I like it. Yeah, I, I do feel like design, you know, for a long time we've been in this. So if you look at cars, even up to the 80s, and, and maybe that's why I kind of collect 80s cars, is that they, were, they weren't so aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, they, were, they had a sort of a benign charm to mm -hmm. them. Sure. Happy cars. Uh, the car I drove today is an 84 Toyota Camry, and it's all glass. From mm -hmm. the from your mid of your waist up, and when you're in that car, it's almost like being in a cathedral. It's filled with light, and I really love that. And I think that's coming back into car design. Yeah. Whereas where we've been for so long is this sort of very aggressive. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a station wagon or a sedan or a minivan. I'm going to get my groceries faster than that. I, I don't know what kind of language you can use in here, but faster mm -hmm. than that woman over there, I'm going to be out beat her and get my groceries faster. Yeah, sure. It's angry, angry cars, right? And I. I hope and feel that uh, we were sort of, you know, exiting that anger design phase and coming into something a bit more optimistic again. Yeah, I mean, I drove my my like little hot hatch here, and it's it looks like in you know just uh, like an enraged Pokemon. It's just, <laughs> it's, just, it's really aggressive. <laughs> it's really mean and angry. Yeah. yeah, and you wonder why so angry? What, yeah. What's what's you know nobody did anything to you. But uh, it's like the happiest little car to drive because yeah, it just like bounces around everywhere and just it's so quick and you know what what model? It's what a Fiesta ST. Oh yeah, that's a cool car though. Yeah, that's, that's fun. yeah. But the, looking at it from the front, you know, it's like what? Why? Why the scowl? Why, why? It's like it's a tiny. It's like a jelly bean shaped car, and then you give it this like menacing scowl. Like I don't. I don't it's know. like it was born, and then somebody like beat it. Right, they yeah. came off the assembly line, and it's just mad for the rest of his life. That's right. Uh, no, I, I hope that uh, cars do. I, you know, and, and cars are changing. The, the concept of what a car is is changing, mm -hmm. right? It's now sort of becoming a kind of a personal electronic device, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah, I mean, more and more cars connected. You did CES, which I think is really telling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and oh, did you see the associated with them? Yeah, totally. One thing, just kind of uh, getting away a little bit, but did you see um, today uh, the uh, Faraday Future car? The price for that leaked. So this is the FF ninety one that everybody you know they did the thing at CES where mm -hmm. it wouldn't park itself and then it went zero to sixty in like you know three nanoseconds or whatever it did. Two hundred ninety thousand dollars they want to sell that thing for. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. are you saying that you'll, you've already put your name down for two cars? Oh, well, sure. You're yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I can crash one into the other. So, yeah. It's, right. not, it's not an attractive car. You could make your own out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a big car and, and um, they were definitely exploring some sort of proportional study with that. So They sure were. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's so far beyond the stuff that I, I, I love to do, you know, and I, I just... I. 
it's not, it's a wonderful statement. I, it's just not, it's not something I understand because I really love tidy, you know, social mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. Like. So let's get back to your car <coughs> collection then. So you told, you've obviously come down today in the Camry. Mm-hmm. What other cars have you got? Well, okay, I have a uh, 1987 Pulsar NX. Which is a wonderful car. Uh-huh, with the sport back, wagon back. Mm-hmm. I actually have the, the drawings for that car. They were thrown out when I was at Nissan. I rescued them and had them restored. So the footprint that was right over the drawing is now removed. I couldn't believe that. Um, <laughs> it's just such a beautiful drawing. How could you walk on it? Um, I have a <clears throat> 1988 Nissan van, which is the all one, right. if you remember, the toaster van that Nissan bought back because they all caught fire. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a, an engine problem. This one does not catch fire. That's um, good. Has, that would be bad. Bad if it did. It, still yes, it's good. Regularly to, caught fire. It has a you. big warning label when you open the door that says this car's coolant system has been reworked by Nissan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, and I love that van. Again, it's social space, right? The the mid road faces backwards. There's a refrigerator in the dash that makes ice cubes. Oh, I mean, that's the best one. Oh, oh yeah, I love yeah. that car. It's the. <laughs> I love that one. Just the fact that you could. Like, you know what I need right now. I need some ice cubes. That's right. I, it, well, you know, and the funny thing is, once you get used to having your drinks cold while you're driving, you're le- it's like, why, why, is the, why doesn't every car have this? Yeah, yeah, I remember our Camry had a refrigerator in there. In the, is that the right? console. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> I want a chill section. Yeah, I think the, the closest I ever got was, I think, I'm pretty sure my, um, uh, one of my station wagons, BMW wagon, had uh, a chilled um, center console, but it never really got that cold. Oh, you just had the air conditioning in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you didn't get any ice, trickling no, ice cubes. I didn't, <laughs> and that, that, that was not acceptable to me. <laughs> it is funny how, you know, we, we've been so focused on having a radio and a, or a cassette player or a CD player all in this one spot, but really that space is freed up, so I think we should be putting more, uh, hopefully more refrigerators in right. cars. But Next coffee maker. Yes, coming. absolutely. That's what I need. Wine chiller. There you go. Um, my favorite car that I have right now, I have the car that made me want to be a car designer or one of them anyway. Um, my, my parents bought a 1983 Toyota Tercel four wheel drive SR5 wagon. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Remember those with the ATM mm-hmm. on the back end and again, all glass inside. Yep. Um, I, they bought that car. Actually, I locked myself in the car on the showroom floor and wouldn't get out until they bought it. <laughs> the only time I ever threw a tantrum as a kid was over the design of that car. And I really loved it. And, um, it looked like a space shuttle well, in sure. my 1982 yep. eyes. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I, um, I tracked it down. About 10 years ago, I found it abandoned in a ditch in oh, Idaho. Wow. Not a car, but the car. Wow. Uh-huh. And I've had it in storage for a decade. I've paid more in storage fees than I have for, the, <laughs> for restoring the car. And currently, we have it um, uh, doing a rotisserie restoration uh, in Orange County, like the level that you'd do for a Duesenberg. Oh, God. I'm, and, sure, I'm sure the person that's doing it's like, I mean. Oh, he's he's just like, great. You're crazy. Come yeah. on, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it, the... It's going to be perfect when it's done. And um, it, it's so hard to find parts for the car that I actually had to buy another one that oh, sure. just was never driven. At least. At least. Put, I'm going to assume you're going to have to buy another one or two as well to keep it going, you know, just yeah. to make sure, just to the future in case anything else breaks. You know, you've got to Absolutely. Be, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's my own personal classic. But um, I really did love that. that you know, it had, uh, again, it was, all, it was all glass and the belt was so low. And then the interior was this sort of light gray with blue plaid seats. And as a kid, at that point, everything we had had black vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, the Datsuns and the Subarus that my parents drove all were black vinyl. And we walked into that showroom. It, it, it occurred to me, oh, people do this. People design this. this. I don't know what it was about the blue plaid, but it made me realize that this is a job. Sure. And that would, I would have been, you know, eight years old at that time. God, growing up in Arizona and having a bunch of cars with black vinyl <laughs> seats. <laughs> you learn your lesson pretty quick when it's hot or not. Yeah. You, you do. Actually, every kid, any people that grew up in Arizona in the 70s, 80s listening to this will, will attest to this. We all have a burn on our oh, left yeah. hip, our right hip. 
either hip, both hips, from the General Motors black, I mean, sorry, General Motors uh, steel belt buckle mm-hmm. that would become searing red hot. Oh, yeah. Of course, you didn't have any shirt on. All you had on was little tiny shorts, and yep. it just burns right through your skin mm-hmm. down to the bone. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, I have one, and all my friends have that, too. It's like a vaccination scar. Sure. But, um, yeah, growing up in Arizona, was uh, it was a great place to be to discover design because, you, you uh, again, when you – it was like, oh, the, not only is this a beautiful space, but it's cool inside. Mm-hmm. All the glass. Yeah, that's that's always an upside too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, the, the, Arizona. I mean, for, as a, I mean, architecturally, especially, there's a lot of really neat stuff in Arizona. Like, um, uh, obviously, Frank Lloyd Wright had his his studio out near Scottsdale. Tell you something. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, like the Arizona Biltmore again. People always think it's Frank Lloyd Wright, but it wasn't. But it's that same style, and it's gorgeous, and all kinds of stuff. Like it's it's pretty cool. I can there see are a lot why. of architecture and design in the desert, and also the desert is a very. I think I've always been influenced by the desert because mm-hmm. of the open sky and the sure. color palette of it. You it know, it makes you, sense with your car choices as well. With you talk about the light and everything else that you mm-hmm. look for. Yeah, grew up. I mean, we you know grew up pretty redneck poor and we didn't we were never inside we never wore clothes i didn't wear clothes until i hit puberty because we just didn't oh still barely puts clothes on these days <laughs> yeah, i mean it's a struggle lucky, it's the only way to live on. i mean we don't we don't want to go what's below the reason the i work from home most of the time <laughs> that's the beauty of, of podcasting that's right <laughs> you that's can right. wear what or not wear what you want exactly but uh, no i do yeah arizona had that uh, it definitely influenced the color palette as you're talking the light and stuff mm-hmm. growing up awesome um so what are some uh, uh i mean historical cars i mean you talked about Obviously, some of the stuff that you worked on, some of the stuff that you, you own currently that you mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, you mentioned enjoying the Country Squire. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some other historical cars that you find really interesting from a, a design standpoint? Well, I'm a huge fan of anything Jajaro did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, as I've gotten to be an older, uh, into my 40s now, um, I've learned a lot from my mentors uh, in retrospect. And so uh, working with Tom Matano, uh, who was Mazda, Mazda Miata, you mm-hmm. know, pioneer, or pioneer, creator, et cetera. He's really taught me about Jajaro. And, sure. I, and I grew up loving DeLorean and, and always had DeLoreans. I even went to the DeLorean factory as a young man to, oh, wow. to pay homage to John DeLorean. And I actually used to write John DeLorean letters when I was a little boy. <laughs> he wrote back a couple times and I would send him sketches and he would draw on them and send them back. But I, I always associated the car with the man and I was obsessed. And, uh, but as an older designer, I, I learned more about Jajaro and what I love now. I mean, I've had a DeLorean for many years, but I didn't even appreciate it then as I do now, which uh, Jajaro had this way of designing a box, but nothing on it was uh, linear. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you really look at the plane, the design of like the first Golf or the DeLorean or mm-hmm. even the Suzu Impulse, everything has this delicate amount of lead in and mm-hmm. everything goes from one corner to the other without ever interrupting. And sure. Matano uh, taught me, um, you standing next to the RX-7 concept. You have, that we have upstairs. That you mm-hmm. have upstairs. Um, that timeless design is, never interrupts the hand when you wash the car. Hmm. And he said, the cars that you that do interrupt your hand typically fall away and get forgotten. And I, and I really stuck with me. And if you look at all of Jajaro's work, uh, it really does that. It's very, it's very simple. Right. But then you look again and the second read is this sophisticated, delicate surface. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love the whole, like his like whole folded paper mm -hmm. period. Um, like the, uh, the Lotus Esprit, especially the, especially the turbo. Yeah. Like that, that what, I mean, again, it's, it's very like angular and kind of aggressive, but it's also, yeah, it feels very delicate and like delicate underwater with it. And you can go underwater. That's exactly right. Do you remember that seeing that in the movie theater, Mm -hmm. uh, James Bond Mm -hmm. episode when he drove in the water and like 
I mean, I just remember getting chills. Like, I remember him driving out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Roger Moore was the best. I'm sorry. Anybody can drive into the water. Right, right, right. But you can't. Not anyone can drive out of the water. That's exactly and right. And he have a fish. He pulled out. Like, he rolled down the window and he dropped a fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now Elon Musk has that car, he which does. is super weird. Yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm so glad, you know, if you're going to become a billionaire and be that successful, at least he's saving something cool like that. Yeah, totally. I really, um, I also really like the... Uh, uh, and this is something that, that I find that very few people enjoy, but uh, is is the the Bertoni wedge cars, like mm-hmm. the like the the Ferrari uh, Dinos from the set, like the the was it the GTB four or whatever it is. The um, yeah, they're beautiful and yeah, they're and so also, bizarre, but I love them. Yeah, I, I, I that whole period I love. You know, the boomerang and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they they just they were really playing with new packaging mm-hmm. in automotive design, and they almost didn't. If you think about it, they were really. Uh, predicting computer-aided design, right? Because they're almost like 8-bit design. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Certainly. And uh, it's, it's really neat to look backwards on them now and kind of see it that way. I love those. Right on. Right on. Uh, so uh, what are some, some... I mean, you obviously have the project uh, with the, the company up at Silicon Valley that you can't really talk about. Mm-hmm. What are what are some things coming up that, uh, that you, you can talk about? Sure. Yeah, well, um, last year was a big year with Airstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Airstream, of course, will always be my main favorite client. They're like family. Um, <clears throat> I have two products that I uh, worked on for them called Basecamp 2 okay. Okay. and Nest. And they're they're totally different. Uh, they're totally different market segments. Totally different design sensibilities. Um, Basecamp is almost if you brought an Xterra and mated it with an Airstream and sure. back to life, you can beat it up, get it dirty. It looks better when it's beat up, I think. And Nest is um, it's this very delicate, sophisticated design that looks good at the back of an Audi, mm-hmm. if you will. And um, it's an interesting product in in the sense of what it's going to do for Airstream. It's their first fiberglass trailer, but oh wow, uh, it has a very I'll tell the story briefly, but it's an interesting story in that um I. Uh, it happened like this. I've been designing that trailer since I was a little boy. Oh, wow. Uh, even before drawing cars, I drew that trailer. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been proposing it to Airstream since the first letter. Since that letter, that was Nest. That's what I, I drew in my sketches, what I sent to them. Mm-hmm. And they, they really didn't hear it. They couldn't envision it. It didn't, couldn't imagine Airstream making a fiberglass trailer. Um, so much so that after working with them, uh, I, I, uh, I got a call from Rob Schwartz, who's the head of Shiat Day, uh, who knows my work and we are good friends. And he said, there's this new company called Nest making a fiberglass trailer. The design is a little heavy handed. Why don't you call them and see if you can help them out? Mm-hmm. So I did. And knowing what I know about working with startups that a lot of times they don't succeed or they have trouble, uh, I designed it to be an Airstream. That's and okay. I see. Then I went and had dinner with Bob Wheeler, the head of, you know, he's my friend, the head of Airstream, and we're, we've worked together now a long time. And he, at this dinner, he said, you know, I've been looking to buy a fiberglass trailer company, and, and my eyes go cross because I'm like, how are we not <laughs> connecting these dots? This is, this is it. So I said, don't buy whatever company it is that they're looking at. I said, go buy Nest. They're in, they need to be bought. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. They, they didn't have the finances to bring the, company, the trailer to company. Like, long story short uh, is that Nairstream did buy the company. And so the little trailer that I've been designing as a kid and been proposing to them for over 20 years now is now becoming an Airstream. That's awesome. Yeah. It must be pretty satisfying then that finally getting it, seeing it come through to production and whatnot, getting one may not. It is. If, if, if truth told, uh, and, and homeless, it's, it's the, the design I'm most proud of in my whole career. Oh, wow. Um, I really love this little camper. 
Um, it's happy. It's simple. I hope. I hope that it. I hope it finds a market space. You know, I hope people will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a neat little design. You you know, it, you can stand up in it, but it's small enough to go on the back of like a VW uh, uh, Tiguan. Oh, know. interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, and I think there's a future there for that. So I hope so. Anyway, we'll find yeah. out. So in terms of in terms of shape, since we're you know it's a podcast, mm-hmm. um, sure. Is it? I mean, does it does it bear any resemblance to that that sort of classic Airstream shape, or is it just a completely different animal? No, it really does. Whereas Basecamp takes the material of Airstream, which is aluminum. And took that into a new form vocabulary. Uh, Nest takes the form vocabulary of Airstream and gives it a new material. Okay, so it's very much in the. It's like if you were to, um, if you could have all the high end tolerances of an iPhone. Mm combined with Airstream's form vocabulary. That's really what I tried to do with it. It's 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 almost, it looks a lot like a Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, okay. It really That's does. Cool. It's just cool. very modern, you know. Right. But very, you know, the, it has the signature large radiuses and mm-hmm. stuff that Airstreams do. Well, you sold me a Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm good, done. good. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah, I actually really wanted them to do, I don't know if they'll do this, maybe as it goes into production, but I wanted the front uh, windshield to be polarized like, uh, like oh, okay. goggles. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I ever get one, which I'm sure I will, uh, I'll have it done. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. a really fun job. It's inter- Yeah, Airstream's an interesting company too because it's such. It's so iconic. Like I, I mean, just about every. I mean, just about everybody's parents or grandparents had one at one point. My first camping trip was mm-hmm. in like a, a Bambi mm-hmm. in the like the the mid eighties. You know that kind of thing. It's, and it's this. It's this. It's this huge piece of like kind of the american experience it is but it's it's subtle like it's not like everybody's out screaming airstream airstream like it's not like um it's like it's not like a 57 chevy where it's like this is huge like you know culture surrounding it and everybody's talking about it and it's guys in tommy bahama shirts yeah exactly that's exactly right it's like levi's it's a part of us Um, it's it's a it's the best of americana Mm -hmm. you know it's what we represent as a company it's a promise of freedom if you really think about what america stands for this you know open road and being able to get out and make your your the wild west in the wild west it it really does that and then the beauty of airstream of course is that you can always see yourself in an airstream yeah yeah because it reflects who you are Mm -hmm. literally yeah you know if you get into an airstream with a red jacket on it turns red yeah which is kind of beautiful it is it it, it, uh again when we were talking to camilla we brought this up a couple of times with other guests he he suggested there he, he posited that um the mark of, of a good design when it comes to like a vehicle or something like that is that is somebody going to want to restore this in 20 or 30 years yes and i mean that's that's certainly been true with airstream because mm-hmm. now restoring airstreams is that's kind of big business people are doing it all over the place yeah and and, and i think also with airstream there's something new happening and that the people are using them as homes mm-hmm. with a tiny home movement and I think, you know, questions about, you know, what what is a car are really being asked right now. So what are you going to restore in a future where a car is no longer owned maybe as much as they were? Mm-hmm. Airstream has a new sort of area to venture into uh, because what happens in a world where cars are autonomous and uh, air, uh, a trailer is almost like a car mm-hmm. and it's a social space more like a car. So <clears throat> will there ever be perhaps an autonomous Airstream? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, well, I mean, they did the, uh, the was it the Airstream uh, motorhomes or whatever for a while? Mm-hmm. No, those are beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I, there you go. Yeah. yeah an autonomous RV. <laughs> actually, that so sounds awesome. actually kind of amazing. That's It's <laughs> not, you know, something that I just sketch every day or anything like that. But no, yeah, let's yeah. just, we'll see what happens. Sure. <laughs> right on. Well, mm-hmm. it's been a blast talking oh, to you. Oh, it's great. Well, it, where, if you, people wanted to find you on the internet or via social media, where would they go to look? Sure. Um, my, my website is the easiest one. It's just Brian Thompson Design with a Y. Mm-hmm. Brian with a Y. Um, but um, I'm always Brian S. Thompson on any social platform, Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, just That's Brian con- S. Thompson. Cause, convenient. Well, I know I have a very a- you know average common name, so I had to put something in there <laughs> to make it <laughs> make, make it find out. Yeah. There you go. Well, right on. And, and and James, if people wanted to locate you on the internet, where would they uh, where would they search? They can pop over to the No Breaking website. Just all one word: No Breaking. N O B R A K I N G. Same for Facebook and same for Instagram. That's lovely. And if uh, and if you find folks wanted to find the uh, Peterson, I mean, I assume you already have found the Peterson if you're listening to this. Well, because they're going to send the country squires here. Naturally. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to be we're going to come back in next week, and there's going to be a line of decrepit station wagons <laughs> parked on Wilshire, and I'm going to be so happy. Oh. Uh, no, if you guys want to find the Peterson, it's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N dot org. Uh, on Facebook, we are Peterson Museum. Uh, Instagram is Peterson Museum. And Twitter, uh, because clearly we didn't act quite fast enough, it's Peterson underscore museum. Uh, yeah, that's that's my great shame. <laughs> I didn't do it, but I bear the brunt of that. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you again, Brian, for stopping by the podcast. Pleasure having you on here, Brian. Indeed. Thank you both. This is really wonderful. I- Honored to be here. Yeah. And thank you guys for stopping by for yet another Car Stories podcast. And make sure you go out there, give us a like, give yeah. us a review, a very positive review. As always, we're looking for at least sure. 16 stars out of five. Yeah, 38 stars. Uh, make sure, you know, if, uh, if you're commenting and, 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 and liking uh, our, our uh, Car Stories posts on Facebook, etc. Yeah, please um, send us a message on there. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear things about bag milk. Love to find That's out true. where in the world we can it's find true. it. We, uh, I, yeah, big quick shout out to uh, a friend of ours in Norway who yes, uh, alerted us that that they do in fact have boxed milk, like gentlemen, uh, in Norway and Vikings. But in Vikings, that's correct. Which is the important thing between the two. One hundred percent. Well, uh, thank you again, guys, and uh, uh, we'll be back next week with a completely different person. <laughs> okay, so, thank you. Right on. Bye bye. Bye guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to the latest Car Stories podcast, which was brought to you by our friends at Ogara Coach, friends of us and friends of the museum.